Crazy Epic Mommy, episode 136. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. How you doing, baby? I am on such a Trader Joe's kick, you have no idea. I was in the supermarket yesterday, you know, Trader, and I'm standing online and I'm wondering, why are all the cashiers wearing Hawaiian shirts? So, fact of the day, it's because part of their theme at Trader Joe's is they're traders on the culinary sea. So they're wearing Hawaiian tropic shirts and it's because these traders on the sea, they're searching the globe for the best and coolest items to bring home to their customers. I think that's pretty novel. By the by, I don't know if Joe of Trader Joe's is Italian. I couldn't really figure out how to pronounce his last name. It's like Italian or Portuguese, whatever. But he's from California. He's passed away, but you got to look him up. Interesting background, that guy. You know, um, well, I could tell you, he he worked in in uh, retail, in, in retail stores, right? And in 1958, he was working for a store called Pronto Markets. And Pronto Markets was going to be a competitor to 7-Eleven. So he's working in, in Pronto, and uh, after running six stores, the company says they want him to liquidate the stores to sell them. I'm assuming they weren't doing well. And what he wound up doing, you're going to die. He said, you know what? Instead of selling off the stores, liquidating them, I'm going to buy them. And he bought the stores he was working for, and he renamed them Trader Joe's, named after himself, and turned it in to what it is today. It wound up being acquired. And this was, I think this happened in, um, yeah, this was in 1967. I wrote it down. And then he sold the chain to Aldi, the German supermarket chain that we know. Uh, he sold it to them in 1979. And I think he he stepped down as CEO from Trader Joe's in the late 80s, early 90s. But in, interesting guy. Look him up. Look him up on Wikipedia. But, I, you know, I don't... <clears throat> When Trader Joe's first uh, started popping up around Manhattan, it was a big deal. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. I think it was down in the Union Square area. It was a big deal. They had the wine shop. They had two buck chuck and all that kind of stuff. And I would go, but, you know, I'd walk in there. I felt like everything's like all like granola and nuts. And, you know, at the time, like I was all about like Cosmopolitans and Cheetos. So I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan. And also I was young like in my 20s and I wasn't necessarily thinking about the prices of things in the supermarket, you know, not like I do now. But I have to say, I really got a a, a, a love affair going with them. It started during the pandemic because there's one on the Upper West Side that I like to go to and there was always lines wrapped around the block, right? And uh, yeah, I'd be like, why, why are there the lines? I mean, I know the prices are good, but what I didn't really love, and I, which you know prevented me from going in all these years, was because they don't really sell real brands, you know. So if I wanted Barilla or whatever, like I, you know, I, I don't want like Trader Giuseppe's macaroni, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm at my aunt Lisa's house in Tribeca one day, and and uh, she she gives me a cookie that she had, and she said, "Oh, I got it at Trader's," and it was an imitation. Tate's Bake Shop cookie, and I swear to God, it was out of this world, delicious, copycat, couldn't even tell the difference. 
And that's it. I was sold. And then next time I saw the store on the Upper West Side and I saw that line wrapped around the block, I said, this is why. So I went in and I started to fall in love with certain products. And I'm saving them for my products of the day later on in the episode, so I'll tell you. But, you know, they they really, um, they are a really good operation. You know, and they're known, and you should support them. And no, of course they're not an advertiser. But the reason why you should, you know, when Trader uh, Joe, when Joe, the founder, he said he was making the supermarket, making his, his store for artists, muse- uh, musicians, excuse me, opera singers, writers who are ridiculously talented and ridiculously underpaid, right? And that is who he was making his store for. So the prices are really good. They pay their workers really well. They have amazing health benefits. It's a nice store to support. And I I like I do like a lot of the stuff there now. Uh, one of the things I'll just tell you is they have these grape leaves in a can. I know. You're like, what? Yeah. They're like they're like dolmas. I think they're called like dolmas. They're they're in the, the can jawed sauce and you know, internationally ish oil. And uh, they're stuffed vine leaves, and it's a, you know, a white can. It's like about $2.50. I think there's eight grape leaves in there, you know, stuffed with rice and the whole thing. They're divine. Absolutely terrific, these grape leaves. I haven't had better grape leaves. i got to be honest with you. In fact, if I have people over and I want to put out a little spread, you know, I'll get a couple cans of these grape leaves. You know, 24, three cans, six bucks, 24 grape leaves, and it's a party. You know, throw a little pita, a little feta, salad, beautiful thing, you know. They're so delicious. Anyway, I have more more to tell you about that, but I really, um, I really like the store. The only gripe with it right now is that they don't deliver. It's like, really? Whatever. And, and some of the stuff, I should say, that's good and I fall in love with... They they don't bring back. So the average supermarket, the average supermarket has 50,000 items in the store, like your average shop, right? Trader only has 4,000 items. And that's because they they don't have the, the square footage, you know, like a Wegmans has, a Stop and Shop, whatever. And they can't, they, they, I don't know if that's the case or if they, this is their marketing spin, but I like it, so I'm believing it. As they say, they're constantly upping their game to keep only the best and most popular products on the shelf. So if they try something and it doesn't work, you know, they come out with one of their their labeled, you know, things and it doesn't work, they'll fold it, you know, and then they'll try something else. So, you know, they'll, they'll restock something that's uh, popular. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. But like I said, the only thing that keeps me really from going is they don't deliver in Manhattan. And you can go on Amazon and, and get, like, the grape leaves, by the way. I went on Amazon just to see, like, oh, can I get them if I really wanted, you know, to my door? And I saw two cans of grape leaves at, on Amazon for $14. I was like, $14? It's, it, two cans is like five bucks in the store. You can keep it, Amazon. Besides, you know, sometimes when you go on Amazon, it's like, you don't know who it is. It's like some guy named Bart living in his mother's basement, like selling shit on Amazon. Like it's not really from Amazon. It's from like Bart's basement warehouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, please, I can't. You always got to look at the seller, but you know that. So I'm a little bummed out. I got to be honest with you. Um, you know, this comedy business is a horror sometimes. It's so rewarding, right? Being a stand-up and leaning into your passion and all that kind of jazz but sometimes it's really just 
tears you apart. Like, you work, work, work to a certain level. And then some asshole comes up and just rains all over your parade. And let me say this. If you came out to see uh, Vic DiBetetto and myself, you know, obviously I've been his opener for the last eight months or whatever, I thank you. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be his opener uh, for much longer. I'm on a few more shows until June. And Vic is a doll. You know, I can't say the nice, I can't say, I can't say anything terrible about him. I love him. I adore his wife. I mean, his wife made me cookies for Christmas. I mean, well, like, what's, like, I, I love these people, right? The, his kids, they live in Europe. So we have this whole other connection, you know, going, of course, you know, because it got Paulie the Tooth and the girls and all that. But um, there's this comedian that I'm not going to name, a woman who has been like single white femaling me for the last three years. Like I'll be out, right, with my fellow comedians and they'll say, oh, do you, like this was before I knew who she was. I don't even know how, but she said, oh, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, no, you know, like, no. Cause I, I genuinely didn't know, Italian girl. And, uh, and they would then tell me something nasty that she said about me. And I was like, what? Like, I don't even know. Like, who, who, who's this girl? Like, I literally have no idea who you're talking about, right? And then I met her, and she was fine. You know, like, eventually, like, a year and a half, a year ago. She was fine, you know, but whatever. And uh, and and then I, I start, you know, I don't know if, like, she's not happy. She wasn't happy that I'm on the road with uh, Vicky D. I don't know. But, uh, you know, then I start seeing my jobs disappearing like and she's taking them and it's uh and it's a longer you know like thing that I can't discuss but the point is is why why would you do that so this and let me tell you something about this is that so I've been doing stand-up for almost seven years right and it takes a really long time to get good like we know this right like Seinfeld famously said uh that it takes a comedian 10 years to get a really good 20 minute set now a lot of people will argue that right but i i agree if you if you want it at that seinfeld gorgeous level it could take you 10 years do i have 20 minutes of course i have an i have hours of material you know i've headlined around but i'm not a headliner right like i don't do shows you can't type in elise delucci in google yet and you won't find me, you know, at uh, the Borgata in Atlantic City. And that's okay because I'm not there yet and I'm working on the craft and it's about the journey. And to be honest, like I said, have I done headlining gigs? Yes. Have they sold out? Yes. Have I had great turnout and, 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 and did well? Yes. But I hold myself to a high standard. So I'm not, and I have so much respect for the comedy community and my fellow comedians and they, I, I would never go around saying, oh, tuh, tuh, I'm a headliner, what, you know, because and then, you know, the lady next to me will be have done stand up for 30 years and she's a true headliner. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so this girl, she goes around, tells people she's a headliner. She's a headliner. She's nobody's opener. This, that, and the other thing. All right. Good. Good for you. You know? And uh, she, she hasn't been doing the comedy for, you know, 20 years. But that's besides the point. And uh, so she goes around saying that. And it's so funny. But, you know, so she does this. And then she's, she, she's like, 
taken my jobs from me, these opening jobs, right? And, you know, well, what, what, what's wrong with this girl? It's like, for, I'm a single mother with two kids. Like, you, what are you, you're practically taking food out of my kid's mouth. Does that not make, does that, that make you feel like a horror? But you know what? She did it a few times, and then she did it again recently. And now I, I think, like, the, towards the end of the year, I'm not going to be on many of Vic's shows because uh, she, you know, finagled her way in there. And all I have to say is whether you're a comedian, you know, listening to this, or you are a um, in the corporate world or whatever you do, there is always somebody that is breathing down your neck. Okay, people? And... Or I can kind of put a little bow on this statement is cream always rises to the top. So let's just keep that in mind. But, you know, you got to feel sad when people just do stuff like this. Because, you know, in show business, well, like in everything, because I've had it in the corporate world too. Whether it's the corporate world, the show business, you know, jealousy and delusion and narcissism. I mean, it is out Outrageous. And these characteristics, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that this person is these things, right? I don't know this person, but there are these characteristics that, you know, this ugly side of, of people. And you run into these these kinds of people in all, 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 all industries, all professions. And um, you just got to turn a blind eye to it. You got to feel sad for them. If my mother heard this, but she's not because she doesn't listen, she would say, Oh, I'll say a prayer for her. Because, you know, it's like, just sad. Just sad. Anyway, I, I do, I love Vic, and I think he's so funny. And if you did come out to support me, and I know some of you have Maria, trauma nurse at Yale, if you're listening. Oh, my God, you and your girlfriends, like, hey, AC, I did a baby shower not too long ago, a couple weekends ago. Not that I'm a party comic, so don't try to book me for your backyard barbecue. No offense. But I did a baby shower not too long ago, and, uh, you know, I was performing at the shower, and then the girl says, oh, my God, I saw you at AC. You know, so nice, right? So nice. Um, but if you, so if you came... Thank you. I'm, th I'm I'm thanking you. And I and I hope to see you on the road when I'm on the road, whether it's by myself or, uh, you know, opening for somebody else. But, God, you got to watch out for people. They're always, you know. Oh, God. I, yeah. <sighs> the silver lining of all of this, for cock to nonsense, is that, a few days later, after I heard this news, that I wasn't going to be on these shows, because this person just decided to steamroll me, uh, is I was speaking at St. John's University, and much to my surprise, they at an alumni event for uh, the, the graduating students of 2023 and the communications program, and much to my surprise, they presented me with an award, Alumnus of the Year. And you know what's so funny? was I'm at, I'm at the event, I do my speech, you know? I'm one of two speakers. One uh, girl recently, one the first speaker was a, a young girl, very nice. She, super cool. She's like, works in production on movies, graduated from St. John's in Staten Island. And um, she's been working maybe for a year or two. And she was talking to the, the graduating class about her her job and how she used the stuff she learned at the school and giving, you know, the, 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 the still students little tips. And it was great. You know, and then I come up, and I've been obviously in the, the work world for 18, 19 years now or something like this. 
And so our, our speeches were different, but I didn't have anything prepared because obviously I'm a professional speaker. You know, I speak professionally in stand-up, but also in my corporate career all these years, I've traveled all around the world speaking, right? Like I would um, keynote things and, and, and host a lot of big corporate events because, you know, they wanted somebody that was a little, you know, enchanting with a little bit of a sense of humor, you know, to, to, to liven up the suits, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I'm, it wasn't like comedy. It wasn't like a comedy gig where, you know, you're sticking to your line. So, you know, I go up, I, I do a speech, 20 minutes or so. And, uh, you know, I get down, very nice. And I basically just gave sort of the elevator pitch on my job, what I do, uh, what I've done for a living in my career today, and how I've transitioned to stand up over these last six, seven years, six years. And, um, and, it, and it was funny and it was motivating. And obviously I, I, at the end, I, I, you know, I talked about, um, what I learned, uh, and, 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 and just how, how that at the end of the day, it's not about listening to my successes or my failures. It's about you could be anyone you want to be. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter your family drama. It doesn't matter anything. You could be and you can have any job you want. You just have to stay focused, right? You just have to have a plan, stick to it, be a person of your word, work hard, and architect a certain type of life for yourself. So that was sort of the overarching message that I was giving these kids. And I said to them, you know, and I've said that, you know, you guys know this, obviously, is that when I was in my early 20s or late 20s, you know, sure, did I want to do stand up? Of course, did I do, you know, uh, did I take sort of extracurricular, if that's the appropriate word for it, you know, classes, improv? Oh, yes, I did all these things, right? I was at UCB, I was at the pit in New York. But I didn't make that my job because I was still in the part of architecting my career, my, 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 my office career. I was still in the part of architecting my blueprint, my money. You know what I'm saying? And once I got to a point, and I said this to the students, once I got to a point uh, in my uh, career where I was financially good, I said, okay, now I can open up the door a little bit to let the passion projects and see where it takes me. You know, and in, and the passion project in a more serious way than say I was taking watercolor class at the age of twenty four years old. You know, I wasn't going to leave my job at at uh, you know fashionista dot com and dealbreaker dot com to uh, you know be a watercolor artist, and that wasn't really my passion. That was just a side thing. So anyway, so that was like the overarching thing, right? Set yourself up. Don't uh, don't just jump into your dream or your side gig willy nilly because. Because while noble, you don't want to spend 50 years working on your, you know, your acting passion. And then in 50 years time, you're living on the sidewalk in a cardboard refrigerator box. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because that, that'll happen. And again, noble, but is it smart? Mm, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it was so nice. It was such a nice event. And I thank uh, the dean and the people that have given me, you know, this the opportunity. And after I got off speaking, I went and I go sit at the round table, you know, whatever. You know, I'm chit-chatting, the whole thing. And then uh, the director comes up, you know, the director of the school comes up and she says, well, 
you know, we want to give an award to this alumnus, the alumnus of the year. And she describes this person. Oh, this, this woman leans in and this woman is the definition of a hustler. And she's saying all these things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, where's this person? Who's this girl? <laughs> I want to meet her. <laughs> and then they call my name and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> it was so nice. It was so nice. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. It really, you don't know how much that means to me. It's always so nice to get recognized for things. Um, and, you know, as you could see, you know, in at least in the show business, it could be very thankless sometimes because you could work your ass off. You could work so hard. I worked so hard. I worked so hard, uh, you know, writing and performing and I'm in basement mics and I'm doing shows at midnight and I'm in crap check spots sometimes and all this, I'm on the grind you know, post and social, and that you just can maybe think everything's going well, right? And you show up and you're this and you're getting help from A-list celebrities because they, 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 they believe in you. I mean, really. And then, and then all of a sudden somebody comes and like rips the tablecloth from underneath you because they're insecure and they, they feel entitled, you know, you're like, whatever. I know you're probably listening to this and you're like, she's mad. I, yeah, I am a little mad. I am a little mad. It was thousands of dollars of work for me. Thank you. Taking food right out of my kid's mouth. The nerve of you. <laughs> no, I really don't care. I, I, like I said, I, I feel sorry for the person. Who goes around, comes around, people. We know this. Anyway, um, I have to tell you, I bought Matthew Perry's book. Months ago, I did it as a product of the week because I was in the Strand downtown and somebody was, uh, you know, like reading the back cover of the book and I was like, oh, and they said, oh, this book is supposed to be so good. And I had read the reviews about it. So I finally ordered it. I ordered it on Amazon. It's called cool. yeah. Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And the whole book, I'm on page like 120. The whole book is about his obviously career on Friends and about how he's you know, battled with the, just the worst drug addiction. I knew that he had issues, you know, and if you remember friends, sometimes he would be Chandler, you know, sometimes he would be thin, sometimes he would be overweight. I had no idea how bad it was. I mean, one part of the book, you'll die. He takes a $160,000 private jet to Switzerland just so he can get into a rehab program in Switzerland because the rehab in Switzerland gave him a very high dosage of some drug that was going to help him stay off the other drugs. And the, the, the rehabs in the U.S. weren't going to give him that high of a dose. I mean, like, literally, like, it's, you just can't believe that this is Chandler from Friends. And even if you didn't watch the show, by the way, if you didn't watch the show and you're somebody that battles with gambling addiction or drugs or money or alcohol, I mean, like, you got to read this book. And it's so good. I'm not done yet, but it's, it's really, really great. And another book that I read and finished, I'm on a book kick. Um, by the way, I was telling my girlfriend about these books and she's like, why are you recommending books when you have a book about to come out? Like, you, what do you want everybody to like? read other books and not yours? I said, no. I said, but I'm on this book kick. And I, whatever. I said, you know what kind of kicks I get on? I get on lots of kicks. Right now, I'm on a kick right now of Yasso frozen Greek yogurt pops. I ordered four boxes of them today. 
you got to try those. So good. But $8 a box for four pops. Like, really? But Yasso. Oh, my God. The salted caramel, a flavor I don't even like to die for. Anyway, anyway. Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mother Died. Oh, that book. I read it in two days. Cover to cover, two days, done. At night, I take my shower on my bath, whatever I'm doing, put on my nightgown, put on my leopard fuzzy robe, sit in my lazy boy chair, which I'm sitting in right now, have a cup of tea, hot water, ginger, lemon, you know, trying to like be healthy after I eat the ice cream pops. And I just blew through the book. And it's a psychotic book about this child star. And she was on a bunch of shows. I'm not going to tell you the details, but she was on a bunch of shows at, you know, big star. I, I think it was Nickelodeon. And her mother, like, really pushed her into show business from a young age. And she was, she the mother abused her mentally and sexually and all, and emotionally. All the most fucked up stuff. Like, like insane. And, uh, and she didn't even like acting, but she was really good at it. And she wound up having this huge career in her own television show. And her mother, unfortunately, passed away of cancer. And... This is, this is her tell-all. And it's shocking and it's real. And I don't love a lot of fiction books. So like when I, when I really find somebody that like I like or if I, like this Jeanette McCurdy, like I didn't know who she was. I just, how did I find out about it? I don't know. I think somebody told it to me. Somebody was like, oh, you should read this book, please. And I ordered it, you know, one of those three in the morning things on Amazon. And, oh, Amazing. Honestly, it should be a movie, but that's besides. Uh, okay, so TV talk. TV talk, you know, Pamela Anderson's documentary on Netflix is so incredible. You know, so I wa- did you watch Pam and Tommy on Hulu? I didn't like it. I thought the acting was great. I felt like I was watching them. I actually... I learned from the Pam Anderson documentary that I just watched. They they didn't approve the Hulu thing. I didn't even know that. But anyway, um, so I watched the Pamela Anderson documentary because one of my friends, I think it was Ellen Karras, comedian, very funny. She's also on the Upper East Side, Greek girl. Um, I think she posted about it on Instagram or something. I don't know. But I heard it was good. And whoever, if it was Ellen, thank you. But whoever recommended it said... Uh, like, oh, th- this was such a uh, a vulnerable side of Pam Anderson I never knew existed sort of thing. So I watched it. Pam Anderson, you know, pinup, wife, Tommy Lee, actress, Baywatch model, did Playboy. The documentary takes place her in her childhood home in Canada with her sons and her mother. And she's just talking about how she got into the business, how when her sex tape was found, how she refuses. She refused then and she refuses now to play the victim. And um, and it's just a really honest, sincere profile of somebody that you probably had a wrong impression of, right? Like when I hear Pam Anderson, I think they watch big boobs, nails, you know, lip liner, the big hair. Like, I don't, that's like all I think. And then like my brain shifts to something else, right? Like, 
like she she kept journals. She was a she's a writer. She kept journals throughout her entire life. She was reading from the journal. Like you, it it, it was almost um. What's the word? Prolific. How she wrote so much, you know. But she was at like a football game when she was a teenager, and 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 someone spotted her on like the the big TV that they had. Whatever they call it. what do they call it? The Megatron. I don't even know. They spotted her on the TV. And then from there she got Playboy, and then from then Playboy she got other things, and then it was like it, it like it happened overnight. But she's another one who didn't really want that. And uh, and then you know when that tape got found, you know. And the interesting thing that I liked about the documentary was she was married like a thousand times. She I think she had like five or six husbands, and she says you know she could never really love. She then they all failed, and she said the reason why they failed was because she never really could love someone else uh, as much as she loves Tommy Lee, the father of her children. Which I understand. It's, listen, that's very hard if you know, if you're divorced or you're married. I mean, to be with somebody else that's not the father of your kids or the mother of your kids, I mean, d- d- come on, that's hard. And on the TV note about that, Fleischman in trouble, need to see that, need to see that. Okay, first of all, my girlfriend's on it, Ashley Austin Morris. She's fabulous. She plays like a crazy Upper East Side mom. So Fleischman in trouble, Short show, just one season. Chris and Abby watched it in, I think, a night. I think it was like five or six episodes. It's basically about an early 40s-something dad, recently divorced with two kids, and has to get back into the dating world. And he's doing app dating. And when he was young, he was so nerdy. And now he's super popular on the apps, and he's getting all these girls. And the thing is, is that show for me hit a little too close to home because he's a divorced dad with the two kids he lives on the Upper East Side he's doing the app dating and his wife was or his now ex-wife was very successful and uh but I was different than than the character that Claire Danes plays who plays his wife um she was like really like checked out of the kids and marriage and she was just like laser focused on work which I was by the by but but not to this extent and um anyway Ashley plays one of the ex-wife's rich, ridiculous Upper East Side mom friends. It's so good. So good. It, and, you know, and 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 it, that show covers very real topics. Divorce, midlife crisis, uh, dating after kids, dating after divorce. Um, yeah. The jobs, it covers career. You know, what do you do when you have a career? Do you stay working and make a mega career out of it? Do you leave your job and stay home and to raise your kids that was like another that's another character on it but really good really good really real topics if you whether you can or can't relate to the upper east side uh world which i can so ugh, i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but whatever hmm. i joined the gym that's new oh god you already know how that went i i went a couple times but I, 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 I feel it coming. I told Priscilla. Priscilla's like, why would I? I said Priscilla. I said Priscilla, do you join the? Do you have? Yep, you go to the gym. Cause Priscilla does like all these things. She just doesn't like talk about. It. So you go to the gym. She goes, no, I'd rather just save my seven hundred dollars for the year and just stay home and get fat. And like I, you know, I was like, yeah, me too. And then of course that night I joined the gym because I just felt like I need more energy, you know. And, you know, I drop the kids off at school at 8 o'clock. And, you know, before I start work at 9, like, I have 
sometimes like a 30 minute window where I could, you know, do something, right? Um, or even just 20 minutes, like do some machine stuff. And yeah, I have the Peloton, you know, because whatever. But, and I could do exercises on YouTube, but something about seeing the other women in the locker room, seeing the other women and, and men on the, the floor of the gym, like it, it make it puts you in like, you're like, okay, I got to like step up my game. Like it's time I take off the granny panties and like, you know, put a bra on, a sports bra and like try to do something. So, but you know, cause I'm a new member, they're trying to uh, get me to do like a personal train, you know, that's what they do. I'm like, oh, you want to do a personal training session? You know, comes free with your new membership. It's like, I'm not falling for that crap. I'm not doing your one personal training session and then you're going to stalk my life for the next 10 months begging me to sign up for a package. I'll sign up for a package. I'll go. I'll be excited for four personal training sessions and then on the fifth session, you're going to say something. I'm going to feel like shit and I'm going to go home and cry myself into a Pringles can. Like, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even doing that. I wish they would stop asking me for personal training sessions, please. And, and and on that note, I'm already I'm already banned. By the way, I, I I'm not even a member for a week. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not even a member for a week and a half. I'm already banned. The app banned me from the classes. Can you? I signed up, so the app has these classes. You know, so the gym has classes, right? Yoga, Pilates, whatever, spin. So the and you could take. You know, you could sign up for classes. So I signed up for a few classes one week. The first last week. The first week. And I went to one or two, and I, I don't, I didn't show up to like the three other ones I saw on accident, not on purpose. Like the third class that I signed up for, I actually did show up just at the wrong time. You know, I'm a little scatterbrained sometimes. And and then the next two, I, I got booked for stand up, so I was just like, ah, got booked on a show. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll cancel it. And then I forgot. Oops, I know, selfish, terrible. I'm, I'm admitting it's terrible. Well, yeah. Newsflash is I go to book class the other day and it's like, ah, you're banned for six days. I'm like, I'm banned for six days? Why don't you give me six days back of my money? Prorate my gym membership if you're going to ban me from six days of class. I don't even know what world we're living in, to be honest. <laughs> but I swear to God, I go to this gym, fancy gym. They have like a cafeteria in the gym they have a kids club there's people doing work it's like is this a gym or a we work like is this work where am i like all these people should be in the office like i don't even get i don't even know oh, anyway so i'm googling <laughs> macaroni recipes i know i just it just it just happens right after the gym i know because you know i start because i start working out and I tell myself, oh, I'm doing so much exercise. I have to start eating more. I, I don't. I don't need to open the mouth and eat more. But I told myself that. So I was like, I would love to have spaghetti a la mone. I don't even know what that is. I it actually, actually, no. I think spaghetti a la mone was like a dish that Villamonte had in Staten Island. Or maybe it was a salad a la mone. I have to ask Stephanie. Anyway, she used to work the phones back like in high school at Villamonte. They closed down. Too bad. Anyway, so uh, spaghetti alamone. I, I don't know if I made it up or it was the real Villamonte dish, but I found this very interesting recipe, and I didn't make it yet, and I can't wait to make it. Basically, what you do is you take three lemons, you peel the, the rinds off, you put the rinds in a big pot of boiling water, no salt, 
you bring the lemon rinds and the water to a boil. Actually, they said two cups of water, so you got to do it only in two cups, fine. So two cups of boiling water. Bring it to a boil, and then take it, once it comes to a rolling boil, take the, take, take the, the heat off, turn the gas off, and uh, cover it. Leave the water, that hot boiled lemon water, with the rinds. Leave it on the stove for 12 hours. Overnight, I guess, you know. Obviously, gas off. I know I just said that, but, you know, I'm paranoid. And um, the next day, when you're making dinner or whatever, take that lemon water, that pre-boiled lemon water, add a couple more cups of fresh water in, a little salt, boil spaghetti in the lemon water. And apparently, it gives it a lemon flavor. This recipe came from an Italian website that I read it on. And, uh, and they said for the sauce, so once you drain the water out of the spaghetti, you put the spaghetti back in the pot and you just put some olive oil, some grated cheese, salt, a little salt, little pepper, and then some grated provolone. And then if you have basil, like you could throw a little basil in there and then, you know, do the tongs, toss, toss it with the tongue. Oh my God, I can't wait to make this. I mean, does that not, it sounds light and bright with the lemon and cheesy and peppery. Ah! Oh! <laughs> this is exactly why I shouldn't be at the gym. <laughs> Can't stand it. Okay, product of the week is my Trader Joe's vines. So, um, I told you about the Trader Joe's Dolmus vine leaves. I have it written down. Heart of palm pasta if you could find it so again my aunt lisa and tribeca had this pasta at a macaroni at her house she served it to me a while ago and i loved it she didn't even tell me it wasn't regular macaroni and i was i'm always starving so i couldn't even tell the difference i just you know I show up at her house i just eat so i do and um it's a white box it's in the macaroni aisle at trader and it's just it literally just says trader joe's uh hearts of palm pasta it's like $4 a box, so it's a little pricey. $4 a box, it's 9 ounces in the box, and you know, not a pound. And um, it's, 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 it's like thin, like linguine shape, but like not as long, like half the size. And all you do is you saute it in a, a pan with a little olive oil for a couple minutes and then throw sauce on it. So, a.k.a. no-carb spaghetti. It's, I, I like it. Heart of palm macaroni, sold. That's a Trader Joe favorite. Toffee chips. I found these in the freezer section the other day. They weren't in the freezer section. They were like behind, like up on a shelf at, at the freezer section. Because um, they have like these weird like non-freezer areas in the freezer. Anyway, you'll see if you go. And, uh, it, just a thin box of, they, they're like little um, domino size chocolate candies and inside toffee. Like, you know what it's like? You know what it's like? You know when you get a box of Russell Stover? And you open the box, and they had those two little chocolates that are in the little, the little cupcake wrapper together. They're just the two little domino-sized chocolates. Oh, I love those. They're like always the first ones to go. Like they're flat. You they bite in some. It's the crunch. The stuff always gets the toffee gets stuck. It, they're exactly that. It's a copycat of that. Delish. And then the other thing that I found is Kachaui Pepe Puffs. Cheese and pepper puffs. Like Cheetos with pepper, white cheese, 
delish. Just delish. Like delish. Like, and salt. Salt's on them too. Gotta, gotta try these things, people. So good. So good. I, I, I have no more room in my house for food. Okay? I have no, and, you know, and of course I bought these things the girls don't like. So, you know, now I have two bags of Cacio Pepe Puffs, three boxes of toffee ch ch cookie chips. Oh, oh, another thing I bought that was so good there. I forgot about this. JoJo's, they're called. They're cookies. Peanut butter covered Oreo like cookies. Very heavy. You can only have like one or half of one. Because it's, it's, it's this cookie's so filling. I mean, that's a lie. I actually could probably have the whole sleeve. But, you know, if I want to fit other things in, I can only have like half a cookie or one cookie. But those, that's my product of the week. Edible products are always the best. Maybe I should change it to edible products. I don't know. Anyway, here's the quote of the day by Steve Martin. And I said this quote at my St. John's uh, talk the other night. And it's, be so good they can't ignore you. That is my quote. In life, be so good that they can't ignore you. And that's all, people, for the Elise DeLucci show, Crazy Effing Mommy. Who knows what the name of the show is? Nope, that's the name, Crazy Effing Mommy. We changed it, remember? Okay, I'm Elise DeLucci. I miss you. I love you. Book comes out second week of April. You gotta buy it. You gotta tell your friends. You gotta review it on Amazon for me. That's a must. I love talking to you. Let me know if you buy any of those things at Traders. Um, and, and, oh, and if you have... Other things that you love there. Because, you know, I read all the messages that everybody sends me. I am I am on the prowl to discover new trader things. And I will share them with you on the pod as moving forward. Love to love you, baby.